welcome to Darker Days Radio presents Dark Hammer, a Worlds of Warhammer RPG podcast devoted to RPGs such as Wrath and Glory, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, and the upcoming roleplay game Soulbound, which is set in the mortal realms of Age of Sigmar. Uh, I am one of your regular hosts, Chris, and again, I am joined by David. Hey, how's it going? Hey, uh, good to be back. Uh, sorry about missing more time, but... Yeah, you know, well, work. We, this is the great thing about Darker Days. We've got so many hosts in different time zones, on different days, on different things. We can we can spread always the do. load. We can always be... We can pretty much cover everything, especially when it gets really busy with different things. Um, yeah. Like when we're at events, there's always going to be someone, someone else trying to record something, which is good. Um, right, so the topic of today's episode is we're going to go for a bit more of a deep dive, uh, this time in the 40k universe, and we're going to be looking at the topic of law and order within the Imperium. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, what have we been doing hobby-wise and playing? Uh, right, so David, you, what have you got in gaming-wise? Well, uh, not much. Not um, much. You've been you've been doing uh, work, haven't you? Yeah, I've been away for, for like the past month or so, so I've not really been doing much. Done like, a lot of the writing that we've been talking about. Yeah, but um, you've done some. You took some cool photos, so of um, gloomy, creepy, dark, deepest, darkest uh, Germania, oh, yes. Germany. Yes. So um, that's a bit of um, yeah, that town where I was staying, Heidelberg. It's yes. very, very folk horrory in the woods outside of it and the, the town center like the old town is very very old worldy so there's there's a lot of a uh, kind of warmer fantasy ideas running around my head as i was walking yeah. around castles and stuff so that's cool. um, i like but that. Wise, nothing i did a little bit of painting a couple of days ago just to cool. try and get my head back into it but nothing really i picked up some cool cards though today i got the osiak bone reapers war cry cards and the Caradon Overlords Warcry cards. So hopefully, hopefully soon getting some gaming in. I yeah, that's cool. I plan on picking up the Stormcast Eternal Sacrosanct Chamber uh, cards. And this weekend at Wargames Emporium, I am running a uh, Warcry demo day uh, in the morning till about just past Ooh. lunchtime. So just get more Ooh. people playing because it's dead simple. Um. And what else have been playing? I mean, people would have heard it on the um, previous episode, so we only recorded that like a few days before this one. But yeah, um, yeah, we've got in some, uh, got in some Adeptus Titanicus, which is great. Uh, it was a really good game. And painting-wise, I have been painting various bits still for Blackstone Fortress, trying to actually get through it. Um, and painted got tracks for age of sigma and of course warcry because he is an absolute beast he's um, nigh on unkillable yeah i looked at his stats for i mean age of sigma yeah okay he's he's crazy in that and you know he basically has to face like you can take him you can play games where it's like two or three war bands versus him mm, which is yeah. just mental but the um but in age of sigma uh, I was looking, I was like, oh, hold on. yeah, he can be an ally. He can be a character in my Stormcast army. That's kind of cool. Because as far as dwarf models go, he's quite he's quite a nice dwarf model. Like, because I'm not massively a fan of dwarven models in most ranges. They just don't really do it. But he's got quite a good dynamic, kind of good pose going with him and everything. Quite a heroic pose, whereas yeah. most dwarves are just going to stand there and look stunty. Yeah, and he, well, he's not running around naked like fire slayers. Um, um, <laughs> but he's, um, but in Age of Sigma, he's an absolute beast. He's five hundred points or so. He's like he's, he's pushing towards like the top end of your point scores. So yeah, well, he survived. He's the only. He's one of the only characters from the old world who survived the destruction of the old world and made what? it into the mortal realms without becoming a god. Yeah, exactly. Without becoming a god, I mean, well, don't tell Marathi. Don't tell Marathi that. I mean, she'll just get crazy <laughs> about it. Um, yeah, he he's an absolute. He is an absolute beast. Um, be quite funny to use just from a narrative uh, perspective. Um, 
cool. And then uh, what else? I've been I've read Tales from the Loop, and I've now proceeding to read Things from the Flood, which is the sequel game by Free League to uh, Tales from the Loop, because uh, that one's set like in the nineties, and yeah. I feel like that resonates a bit more with me. Yeah, as... when I was reading it through, it was it was kind of like reliving it, reliving my teenage years, listening to all the bands and things they talk about, because it is it's an alternate 90s, so it does talk about yeah. their, their skills and things. It's a bit weird. Because I think, like, because, like, the 80s for me, like, you know, I was, what, oh, I didn't turn, like, 10 until, what, 19, well, yeah, 1993. So, you know, the 80s, in, in when you consider Tales from Loop, I was still too young to kind of be like an eighties like ten year old for that type yeah. of thing. So so that's why whereas like by comparison, being a teenager in the late nineties, like mid to late nineties, is that's why Things from the Flood resonates with me yeah. a lot more. And then the cultural references are uh easier to get. Yeah, so I'm t- definitely, you know, swerving hard into horror hack horror mixed with hackers uh for what i'm planning and they've got a um they've got a uh community um uh thing on drive through rpg so you can produce your own scenarios and content so uh it's currently not live for um tales from the loop uh, i believe there's things because obviously there's the tales from the loop um tv series that's uh in the in the works so there's mostly something going on to do with that you know legal things blah 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 as always i mean we used that from games workshop legal things blah 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 needing to be signed off it's not as above my pay grade you know as long as i like what i write and as long as i like what you write i don't care um yeah right releases uh Warcry. what have we got coming out as we said we said new warband Pack, uh, card packs that's pretty much all of them yeah. and in the latest white dwarf there is also the fire slayers that's pretty much every faction represented yep. now in Warcry. uh we've got new monsters with the femori uh and the mind stealer spherex which is a really yeah. cool model uh big oh, the, um, with a third eye and horns yeah so louise is good fun uh then we've got orcs are a big release for 40k coming up yeah in about two weeks the new psychic yeah. awakening book the last psychic awakening book mm. i've not really been big... paying attention to what's going on in in that uh oh, i kind of phased off a little bit it was just the kind of oh look he's back new model yes. so oh, yeah macri's back finally after he's yes. not seen him since second, alive. since second edition not seen him um no. which means he also Mental. Which means also a brand new model then for uh, Gaskell Thracker. Yeah. Um, the so, yeah. other stuff yeah. out is uh, obviously a new uh, box game for Adeptus Titanicus, which is a lot cheaper uh, than uh, the Grandmaster Edition. It doesn't come with terrain, but you get all the rule books, dice, and you get, what, two Reaver Titans? And they're one of each kit. So you get all the weapon options that come in the plastic kits with that. And you get uh, what one, two, two Warhound Titans. So that means you've got all the weapon options. And you also get uh, four Sarastus... Is it Sarastus Knights? The ones with the Ion Shields and uh, Lances. Uh, so they're pretty cool models. Um, yeah, I think it's a cool set. Uh, for about, I think it's like maybe 80 or 90 quid. I think it's quite yeah. a good intro into it. You can get a lot of good gameplay out there. That's what I ran as a demo the other weekend was basically running an equivalent to that. And you don't need a Warlord Titan to have fun with Adeptus Titanicus. You can have all the little Titans. They move around a lot and, you know, duck behind buildings as they get blown apart. So that was cool. Yeah, we need to organise a game of that. You need to show me it. Sorry? You need to show me that. I've not played. Yes. Just, yes I've only just remember playing Epic 40k and yeah. loving it. But... It's, it feels, it, it gets you some of the fun of uh, Epic Titan Legions with the big chart on um, mm. for the Imperator Titan uh, with, you know, having to control its plasma. But that was really, really fiddly. This is. That was really clunky. This is not that. And it's not 
epic uh and it's not epic 40k and it's not epic armageddon it's it's got you know more detail but it's it's not clunky it's quite it's actually in some respects quite fast once you get used to it uh is that all the main releases gw wise i could think of that we can think that i can think of yeah i was trying to think early today what what's coming out the only well i don't know if you talk we, we've talked about it before but you've obviously got the lumineth coming up oh god yeah they really um there's some interesting oh. models in there uh and i think it'll be good when we see if, a bit more of the range but they are very they they still look classic hiles but they're definitely they are, yeah they're definitely revamped they do look more dynamic and i think that's the thing we needed dynamic poses because let's be honest a lot the, of the, the old hiles were yeah. boring the loth and sea guard were very mm. static sword masters mm. static All static yeah there wasn't really much interest in them although yeah. i know a few people who would hate me for saying that but yeah. the new models they are dynamic they've taken on that kind of heroic image of the mortal realm so yeah a lot of people uh, and the other thing I was going to say that was that's uh, we've had some interesting like uh, bits. If you go over to the Cubicle Seven blog, uh, there's some insight into how combat works for Soulbound. Uh, there some, rats. There's little bits out, uh, you know, to do with uh, Warhammer. Uh, I think is Enemy Within now available on Drive Through RPG? I think so. No. Uh, and that's really good yeah. fun to read. Um, and the Grognard boxes for updating how you play it if you've already played through it. So I'm really keen on running that at home because I was just like, yeah, I was I'm like, looking forward to doing that. I need to get my gaming group going again. And I was like, oh, I'm going to have to write a campaign. And then I was like, read this and I was like, I don't need to write a campaign. It's here. This is what I'm going to yeah. run. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of good stuff going on. Um, but with that, I think with the news out of the way, we can get on to our main topic. So, Law and Order in the Imperium. Um, <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Do what let's, we say, or yeah. Yeah, uh, let's be honest. Um, in the grim, far future of the 41st millennium, uh, crime and punishment is dealt with very swiftly. Yes. Uh, Shoot I think, first, and questions later is kind of... Yeah. I think if you read the Eisenhorn trilogy, you might get a flavour of what law and order is like on maybe worlds that are further away from the front lines and some which are our our technology Mm -hmm. level or a bit further forward than that and are not, you know... Not your hive worlds or your... Yeah. I think most probably in those worlds, they will have some form of local police force some law enforcement which is not so brutal it mostly still feels like a totalitarian dictatorship and very fascist but they're not they're not going to go out of their way to immediately just you know execute people on the streets for for petty crimes uh, yeah, and, the imperium, and the imperium i don't think is out ever to technically do that because they need they 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 still need every person they can get for the the war machine that is the imperium so you know you i think you there's some there's an element that you can tweak there on how you represent law enforcement but then you've got other words like necromunda haven't you yeah they they they've got a very <clears throat> excuse me they've got a very strict level of acceptability of crime shall we say yes and then they've got their own people who are there, so their own police states, um, they've got the enforcers, and they'll go up the levels as well, up to, ar- there's a, there'll be arbitrators and arbiters there. Um, so there's, they've got their very obvious, you've got your gangs down in the underhive, which will be nearly lawless, and the enforcers occasionally go down and try and put their law and order in, in the ways yeah. that they can. So you will see crime is considered acceptable to a certain extent but yeah. as long as it doesn't affect the overall workings of the hive 
yeah so a hive in some respects i would say like if you if you're dealing with the the main hive city mm -hmm. hive city is obviously where like you know the, the the most of the working class is located that will be split up into sectors yep and you know more than likely a sector is going to be controlled by in the case of necromunda at least by one of the the houses mm -hmm. and or and or you know a guild or two and for them to keep you know it's in their interest that you know again a certain amount of crime a certain amount of violence is considered the norm but they'll they'll manage it so that you know the factories keep pumping out you know pr keep refining the promethean keep producing your mars pattern las guns and 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 so forth and uh oh, what's the what's the really what's the other great What's that? There's a really good. I can't remember the name off the top of my head of the pattern of uh, auto gun or las gun that Eisenhorn keeps. That gets mentioned a lot. There's there's so many patterns of of. I think that's my new thing. It's like knowing all the different patterns of weapons off by heart. Names, yeah. But I mean, yeah. I think with Necromunda, Hive City, and and some other places that are, are kind of similar, they'll be they'll self manage their own law enforcement, and yeah. so. Enforcers, which are yeah. controlled by a planetary governor on a world, are more like their personal guard, and also are the ones they send out to like put down rebellions and and uh, stop striking workers, and also to do the stuff like the regular thing of like hunting down mutants and witches and psychers and and uh, uh, what am I trying to think of? And uh, yeah, rebels and and people that would assert power. Uh, so yeah, they're you know they're they're not so. Yeah. It's a very low level kind of idea, though. It's not yeah. like big world changing, planet changing witches and rebels. It's kind of a no. local level uh, force. Yeah, and also, um, but then it's different. As you say, it's different if you get to if you go above the wall. In the mm. and you get into the upper, um, the upper, the upper levels where the the higher the the more elite noble houses are and and noble families because crime there would be dealt with quite differently. Yep, and that's when you start saying um, that's when the lex so the the rule of law in the Imperium is kind of dictated in the book of the Lex Imperialis and the nobles and the the rogue traders and all kind of like the upper echelons of society will follow that and when that gets broken it's not the enforcers who deal with it the adeptus arbites come in and these guys are uh, not someone you really want to mess with they they have been given judiciary powers to be um judge jury and executioner yeah. all at once so they go well if a high lord has or a noble on the planet has done something wrong or they perceive it to have been wrong punishment is very very swift very very severe and not always just or correct yeah but the arbites will come in and they will deal with that kind of more planetary wide more system wide kind of um rule so you enforces you at like local level your arbites are a, a, a kind of a stronger larger scarier police force yeah, uh, so, I mean, a good example to kind of get your head into this, and this is where actually picking up the uh, the Wrath and Glory campaign book, Dark Tides, is quite good. Because the first two scenarios, at least, give you some insight into law enforcement on the world of Charybdis. So there, um, you know, spoiler alert, there's, in the first scenario, there's a murder of a, of a, um, of a noble. And so the enforcers there are brought in to investigate it first because mm. they represent the interests of the the imperial house, the house that rules over Charybdis, to investigate it. So enforcers will do investigations at that level as well. The the problem when is when the crime being committed is not even at hive level and not even quite planetary level, but when it starts mm. to interfere, how the planet interacts with the other Imperium. worlds and the yeah. Imperium at large. So 
uh like the other thing that crib just has an issue with is like um you know it's overflowing with psychers because they're because of the uh cyclic uh, maledictum the um the great rift and so they're having to incarcerate all these psychers in a prison and of course there's no black ships to pick them up so the black ships are the imperium so normally that would be you know dealing with those psychers on that level would be dealt with by the inquisition and again it's not yeah. they're not there so enforcers at a certain level in society do start acting a bit more like a police force in the sense of, that we understand that's because perceive, perceive should be behaving mm. um so and of course in necromunda in the necromunda rule books especially the Book of Judgment, and that also means in Dark Uprising, we really get a good look at enforcers. Like, oh my God, they they've really gone to town on how um, the Imperium does law enforcement because that role used to be in classic, you know, classic Necromunda and, and classic 40k settings would be dealt with by the Adeptus Arbites, but it's now enforcers at a local level and the Adeptus Arbites operates at a much higher level yeah uh what else can we say about in, in, enforcers um they're indoctrination you know they're pulled from the population of the hive they'll be uh conditioned over time uh and mm. then put back on the beat as it were uh far from where they were uh, taken within the hive and they will be they'll they'll work the planet that they were recruited yes. from as well. So the um the other institutions we're talking about, they will be on a grander scale and move around, but enforcers will generally they'll remain on the planet that they were hired from, most likely within the hive, as you say, probably within a different sector. And then <clears throat> so the the other thing with enforcers is that they'll be they'll they'll lose their original name. Um, there's a, so there's a lot to like depersonalize who they work from what they were before, uh, so that when they're redeployed, uh, and you know they'll if they find heretics they'll give them over to the ministorum, uh, so that the who represent that's the ecclesiarchy, and if it's like mutants and and psychers they should ideally be you know held until the order hereticus can can deal with them. Uh, yeah, and we're talking like psychers, they can be taken off and you know used to be soul bound to the emperor for the uh the astron uh astronomican or mutants they'll just kill large scale unless they're like proper burly things that should be uh you know dealt with by more expert hunters. But tell us a bit about the Adeptus Arbites, because obviously then their role has changed a bit, uh, as we said, that they operate at a different level now. Oh, and the other thing, just before we end, like there's again in the Eisenhorn novels, there is an example of a character who is a um, enforcer uh, in um, mm -hmm. in Eisenhorn's uh, party. Uh, I can't remember his name. I'm just going to look that up now. But you know, he again, I think the Eisenhorn trilogy helped uh, redefine. Uh, the you know redefine what the how law enforcement operates because I guess again it was like in that early days of when you know they didn't really know these things and it's only through the these novels that they're able to properly cement a good proportion of of the setting because all they had before that was like second edition 40k and uh, what like Road Trader which is questionable in places. So yeah, if you go, um, if you do read the Eisenhorn trilogy, uh, you've got, oh no, he's Adeptus Arbites. Yeah, I thought he was just the enforcers are quite a new, a new thing. Yeah. Okay. So a good uh, point then for what you're going to talk about in a moment is Godwin Fishig from the Eisenhorn trilogy. Yeah, who is an, an Adeptus Arbites chastener. So a chastener, which we'll just uh, bring up, is a type of adeptus arbites. That these are officers that are trained in less lethal arts. Okay, <laughs> oversee every aspect of capture, handling, and interrogation of live prisoners. So basically, they're more like investigators rather than beat cops. So mm. 
I, th- I guess if you get, if you if we say like local enforcers are your local police, adept sarbites are more like your FBI because they operate yeah, cross stuff, yeah. And that would mean then I would say chasteners are kind of like FBI special agents rather than FBI agents who are just simply trained in like you know anti-terrorism tactics, you know that type of thing with like you know full body armor type job. Um, yeah, they're they're basically chasers often trained by inqu- inquisitional interrogators in their craft because interrogators is another rank. Anyway, enough of that. Subites, <laughs> let's get into it properly. So go for it. Yeah. So um, the Adept Subites. So what? From when we were working with Games Workshop, they were what are now seen as enforcers in Necromunda. Um, so their role has changed over the years. Um, all the fluff within within Games Workshop is very fluid as we learning, but yeah. And so now the Adeptus Arbites, they're a much grander, more important police force, as we say. Um, so they enforce the Lex Imperialis, um, the Book of Law, the Rule of Law of the Imperium. And so they are they look at the high levels of society. They look at sectors. They look at high lords. They look at the noble houses. And they'll even go into kind of um, the guilds and can try and control the larger guilds and look at the the ways that they they are working. Um, they're run by or can lead led by the Grand Provost Marshal, um, and they he himself leads individual marshals who oversee different sectors. Um, the arbitrators. Um, are the militant arm of this, and they're the ones who are the will serve punishment um, as judge, jury, and executioner. Um, they're not people you want to argue with. They will just shoot you if they think you've done. If they think you've broken the Lex Imperialis. Um, very... so, I was just going to jump in. The interesting yep. thing about about this is then it establishes that you know the if you've got like a planet that is not paying its tithes or has openly tried yeah. to succeed from the um from the imperium or something like that or other crimes against the lex imperialis you know you're not mm-hmm. now going to see the astra militarum sent in to deal with things no. initially unless obviously that planet the whole planet is kind of risen up and they're yeah you're going to see these guys, the Adeptus Arbites, sent in as kind of like a strike force of to see if they can military. Yeah, it'll be kind of can we cut the head off at the top yeah. and regain control before it expands and we lose control of the the planet itself. Um, and where these kind of guys come from, that you can kind of see how that um, applies. So a lot of these guys there, uh, they come from the scope. Uh, how do you pronounce that? Scholar Progenium. Progenium? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that they, they're um, recruited from that. So it can lead to places like the Tempesta Scions, and you can become a commissar that trains assassins. It even goes into the Inquisitors as well. So the Arbites are kind of the base ground of the greater powers that control the Imperium, the greater humanity um, officers. So... Um, these guys are well trained. They know what they're doing, and they are very swift to act. Um, I, I imagine there's a there's a ranking in who gets in which ones go where. Like you know, you yeah. can imagine that the real dropouts of the scholar obviously are sent to the Tempest Scions, right? <laughs> yeah, you get to wear a nice hat and have a, a and, and and use a hell gun. Yeah, you, you go. Like, well, you're not quite. You're better than a guard, but you're not good enough to have all the good stuff so we'll give you a better hat and a better gun maybe think, a bit of plastic to put yeah. on your chest and i think adeptus arbites is mostly a step up from that because obviously they're yeah. sending you out to do something that requires at least a degree of intelligence of how to how to apply the the lex imperialis and also they're mostly going to arm you with a bolt gun so that's mm. that's that's that i feel is comparable to like a commissar because they're they're arch yeah. bastards anyway as well. So we're going to talk about those in a bit later. Yeah, they're, they're later on. So yeah, we will come to the fun of uh, commissars, the wonderful people, wonderful, happy people they are. 
Um, but yeah, so with that, we say that they do come in and they do try and control planets or deal with that higher level. Yes, the punishment can be swift and severe, but if the crime is so severe that it, it may even involve a high lord it's themselves, then it will go to kind of like the next level up rather than just the militant arm. There are judges as well. There are arbitrated judges within the the adeptus. And these guys have the ultimate say. So if they if they decide that the, the high lord has committed treason, for example, they will just say, yeah, no, they commit treason. And then the high lord has no chance and they're dead. Um, so there are multiple levels. It's not just a police force who just like to run around and shoot people. They do follow a strict code, but it is you done very, very swiftly. Mm. I'm trying to say something in words, and I can't get words out of my head. So, yeah, I'm sure you can probably pick up what I'm trying to say, I hope. Yeah, I mean, basically you've got, again, you've got kind of a level. You've, you've got the ones which are a bit more thinking and have to apply mm. um, the precedence of law, because the Lex Imperialis is apparently a as expected from the Imperium, is a very big, lengthy tome of law, uh, mostly going across various different versions uh, and different uh, volumes, and is contradictory, which is, as mm. you would expect, with that many thousands of years. And apparently was you know put together by the Emperor himself, and it's just like, well, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, it's open to interpretation, shall we say. <laughs> Yeah, what else can we say about the Adeptus of Whites? I mean, yeah, on a planet, on the main planet, on any planet, they'll have, like, their own... They'll definitely have, at least in the main city or the um, the main hive complex, they'll have a uh, a base of operations. Uh, yeah. They'll have, you know, vehicles assigned to them, which would be commonplace amongst the... Amongst the... Uh, the imper- amongst the um, Imperium. So, for example, just like looking at like their typical weaponry is like a shotgun, a bolt gun, grenade launchers, suppression shield, power mauls, which is also comparable to enforcers. Uh, yep. And, you know, generally they're out in much the same way as enforcers that they'd rather to suppress, not kill, uh, if they can get away with it. Um, just as with in, as with enforcers, they might use cyber mastiffs to hunt down people, which is kind of cool. And then vehicle wise, this is what it says: they can have they have access to rhinos, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. uh, chimeras, which is pretty cool. Uh, repressors, uh, I can't remember what repressors. Are they the new? They're one of the new ones, aren't they? Oh no no no! The repressor what? is a repressor is an adeptus uh, soriatus um, tank. It's, oh yes yes yeah one of the. It's a rhino with it's a it's a it's a rhino that's a bit more of an APC. Um, yeah, which is kind of cool because you know it's got like a flame on the front of it and stuff. I think it's got a flame or it's just mm-hmm. got it's definitely got some it's got storm bolt right at the front and stuff. So yeah, that's cool. I like the idea of them driving around in that. Um, and, you know, they'll use a tank with a flamer on it. They'll use um, uh, various aircraft as well. Like they'll mostly use like Aquil- the uh, um, Aquila Aquila. Um yeah. yeah, I'm just looking through what equipment they were. Valkyries definitely. They'll use Valkyries because you can get imagine them, you know, dust- dropping off at a point to uh, drop off their strike teams. I and guess even- they'd have mo- mo- access to most of the Ministratum. Yeah. Uh, yeah, vehicles. If not, they'd easily be able to call on things like that. So I'd quite. And, yeah, and they'll be able to get off-world, so they'll have their own. Um, they'll have uh, you know, a star, a starship of some form, uh, typically mm. called Punisher-class star strike cruiser, which looks like again uh, a variant of something used by the um, uh, by the by Space Marines. So. They're, they're pretty well kitted out. I mean, I wonder. Obviously, there must be times when uh, an Adeptsar bites bites like um, investigator must run into some really, really tricky points because where does their rule of law butt up against like the 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 Imperial Navy or the Astra mm. Militarum? Because you've then got like people of possibly comparable ranks within different wings of the Imperium 
And the question then is, who takes precedence? Is it this? I, I would see this... the. Yeah, go on. Yeah, sorry. Um, I'd see the uh, Arbites as um, dealing with the populace. Yeah. Kind of working at that level, um, whereas you'd have your people like your commissars and maybe the Inquisition. Dealing with the military. Looking at the maybe the military side of it. So they would go into the military. Obviously, the Inquisition can kind of go wherever the hell it likes. Um, so as we were saying earlier, the you can kind of consider them as the FBI or the CIA. They wouldn't go in and CIA, as far as I'm aware, won't go in and investigate the army for doing something wrong. No. The FBI definitely wouldn't. So um, I would see them as kind of, yeah, taking on that kind of role. So it's more population control and issues yeah. with the population. Um, guilds and guilds and, and things and yeah, yeah trade, traders road traders and stuff uh, i guess yeah. also the other place where it gets a bit difficult and that's again where the like the Inqu- inquisition is really better suited to deal with it is um is the adeptus mechanicus again you have to assume that to a certain extent they police themselves but yeah. there's a point where the inquisition where where, where does that kind of yeah and then Talking about the Inquisition, we're going to talk quickly about the Ordo Hereticus because of the major Ordos, the Ordo Hereticus is the one that's most well, you know, best suited for. I would say, again, their their work brings them into contact with the with the great the greater population, populace, yeah, yeah, of of uh, of the Imperium. So again, the Ordo Hereticus consists of witch hunters. Hunting down heretics, hunting down mutants, hunting down traitors, uh, recidivists, those type of people. Again, they can operate at, at a local or large scale. So again, you'll have inquisitors with their interrogators operating undercover uh, within society, rooting out um, various you know heretics and so forth. Uh, they also have a military arm, which is the uh, Sisters of Battle, the Adeptus Sorry. Uh, sorry Sorry, 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 yeah, that's the one. Um, and that's kind of cool because this all really comes about because of the age of Posty. Uh, because the Order Hereticus didn't exist before then, and so it was formed to curtail the mm. likes of a future uh Vandia. So Vandia, we I think we spoke about with the history, we spoke about him in the uh, the religious expert, yeah. yeah. Previous episodes. He, he combined the ecclesiarchy with the ministerium and like ruled over both. But that allowed that, that's basically like you know you're you're being a bit Trumpian most probably, and you're trying to go <laughs> well. You're you, you've got the um you're trying to like rule over all wings of of government, but that means you're gonna that just allows for tyrants. Yeah. So the order hereticus keeps that in check, and that means. Well, the ecclesiarchy is out there, and of course, the ecclesiarchy is allowed to have to call its wars of faith. The it's seen that the war, these wars of faith, cannot be done so frequently or in such a way that it endangers the imperium. So you can't just have religious wars within the imperium willy nilly. And so the Order Hereticus tries to keep that all in check. Uh, so yeah, kind of yeah. gone. Yes. Yes, as a kind of an idea of what the other orders do, a lot of the Inquisitors, they look at things that are a threat from outside yes. of the Imperium. The Hereticus are looking at those threats from within. So whether that is uh, heresy and mutants or whether it's just some ecclesiarchy who wants to kind of grow his base and then gain more power in a really way which will destabilize things, that's when they come in. Yeah. Um, so they're controlling from within the the Imperium, yes. um, rather than looking at the threats from without. And they'll be chasing down like radical, um, you know, radical inquisitors. They'll also be chasing down um, uh, prescribed uh, parts of the of the ecclesiarchy because you know the ecclesiarchy um, as a as a group has. As a church, has not remained um, as it is through, throughout, mm. and there have been changes over over time. Uh, so, like you know, with with Vandia, as we were saying, like there was an original form, of the one form of the ecclesiarchy, and you know, it was building opulent 
palaces and, and cathedrals and so forth. And then you had the uprising uh, led by, is it Sebastian Thor? Thor? Yeah, Thor, I think yes. it's, yeah. Thorian. Uh, and that then leads to a change in the ecclesiarchy to be much more of like what we would consider a pauper's religion, where you know extravagance and so forth is frowned upon, um, much in the way we've had schisms in in Christianity between obviously uh, Protestants and Lutherans yeah. versus Catholicism, Catholicism. Eastern Orthodox, yeah. and so forth. Uh, and interestingly, if you think about Eastern Orthodox and and Catholicism, a parallel with that is when uh, obviously uh, you know like uh, Rabut Gulliam and and Ultramar is always seen as like the as the as the other half of the Imperium. So if if anything yeah. was to happen to Earth, Ultramar is where would is the capital like almost immediately um, in in that situation. Cool. Okay, I think that's uh, enough about the Auto Hereticus. Uh, it, yeah, they're just we can deal yeah. with Inquisitors we, in a own. Yeah. yeah. So commissars, tell me about commissars because we yeah. love these guys. <laughs> they are such happy-go-lucky individuals. So yeah, a commissar. If you are aware of any form of his- military history, they're exactly what you think they are. Um, they are political officers of the elite. Officio perfectus. Um, so they are um, they're part of the Astra Militarum. They are high up ranking officers in the military, and um, they they're political as well. They have a political nature. They're not just purely military and trained to deal with tactics and things. They they also have other other roles. Um, and one of their their main roles that they they so happily put out is they they keep the morale of the troops. Um, how they do this is kind of up to them, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so they they can use any means necessary uh, to keep the loyalty and the morale and the moral purity of the troops. Um, yeah. So they 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 are there's there's a, there's a kind of a wide variety of the kind of people that you can get who, who do this. Um, we'll go through some of the, the more famous ones in a minute. Um, I'm going to get into it. But they are trained almost from birth, these, these people, and they have absolute faith in what the Imperium is, what it stands for, and what it's trying to achieve. Um, they are some of the most unshakable people in the Imperium. Um, they sincerely believe in the. Also, they also sincerely believe in totalitarian word, totalitarian idealism. Yeah. So they are fully committed to a totalitarian state that the Imperium is. Um. So they have this absolute ideological belief um, that drives them. But not only that, they also are incredibly skilled fighters. And they are have brilliant military knowledge and control, take control of complete legions of the Astra Militarum. Um, they are seen to try and be inspiring heroes as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, well, inspiring in is inspiring. is certainly one way of putting it. <laughs> it's quite uh, easy to be inspired when there's the threat of a mass reactive bolt round in the back of your head. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where I was going to go with this. Is like, yes, building up to these brilliant people, but yeah, if you run away, they'll shoot you. Yeah. Um, uh, there's some really obviously 40k is is filled with um, characters. Uh, yeah. uh, there's it's uh, is it Kyphus? Kyphus Kane. It's Kyphus. It's Kyphus Kane. Yeah, he's yes. he basically hates his job and is looking for the easy life and just gets, <laughs> becomes a hero. No, yeah. even though he's actually trying to be a complete coward. Um yeah, I've not really I've not read any of that stuff, but what I have read recently, um, you know, as I research things to be inspired for writing for Cubicle Sevens, various roleplay games, um <laughs> is <laughs> the Wicked and the Damned anthology, which is in which is a black library uh, anthology book which falls under Warhammer Horror. And I'll just give the cover description. On a misty cemetery world, three strangers are drawn together 
through mysterious circumstances, and each of them has a tall tale to tell, tell of a narrow escape from death. Now, one of these characters is uh, Valamar, who's a commissar, and he's on this horrible mm. world. It's just a whole, and he, he basically goes a little bit freaking mad and kills quite a few people, his own people. I don't think he actually kills a single enemy fighter in that entire <clears throat> story, which says a lot. And the great thing about if you, A, read it, because it's good. B, if you listen to it, if you get the audio book, that character and thus his story, his narration, his story that he narrates is all um, is all done by a certain actor. And that actor, of course, played Pinhead, who is <laughs> uh, so the renowned British actor, Doug Bradley. And it's amazing. So um, it's really good. I, I loved it. So, yeah, he really, really gets into the 40K spirit, uh, Doug Bradley does. Really? It's great. I, it's just, it's awesome. So, yeah, I'd, I'd look to that and other things, yeah, obviously, because commissars, yeah. commissars are generally dickheads, let's be honest. Yeah. You've, got, you've got your two famous ones. So there's um, Gaunt. Oh, of course, Gaunt. Gaunt. And the one who had his hand chopped off by Gasgol. Oh, is he a commissar? He's a commissar. Oh, he wears a commissar's uniform, Yarrick. 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 I don't know if he's still around anymore because um, uh, uh, he, he would yeah, be very, very old if he was because he was part Yarrick. of the Armageddon. Yeah, he was about. He was the second and third battle of Armageddon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which... yeah whether he's still around or not, I'm not too sure. But yeah, he I was. Mean... He was one of your more inspiring um, commissars, but he was still a commissar. And if you weren't truly faithful or have a moral purity or loyal, he would still shoot you instantaneously. He, I'm just looking at um, at the wiki <laughs> because, you know, <laughs> um, Second War of Armageddon was the year 941M41. Uh, Third War of Armageddon is after... 944 M41. So odds are he's most probably dead unless he's alive and he's taking his rejuvenate drugs quite happily. Uh most likely. Uh yeah, I can't remember what year uh the third war of Armageddon's meant to be. Let me just have a look. Uh third war of Armageddon is the tail end of uh 57 years, 57 years the day after the second War of Armageddon. So 57 on 42 is 99. Yeah, so it's literally the end of, of M41. So he's actually possibly still around somewhere. Um, well, the, the, the higher ups in the uh, military, so people like commissars and, as we know, your inquisitors, um, your high lords, they do have life enhancing drugs and they can live for uh, 200, 250 years. So but also, they're traveling around in the warp. Time is a little weird at times. So, you know, it's you fluid. Know, it's fluid, is putting it lightly. Also, what's really funny is um, it relates to this is uh, you can get the classic second edition model of him currently uh, on demand from Games Workshop. So, the, the really old school. Classic pincer, uh, crab pincer claw. Crab claws. Yeah, that's kind of where I was. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's an iconic. Um, he, from when I, when I was a uh, work when we were working there, and just before we started working at Games Workshop all those years ago, to me he was the iconic character of the Imperium, the yeah. big leader. He'd taken on the big bad Gadskull and survived. Um, yeah, and he so it's not. He was to me one of those things, but. He was a commissar. He yeah. was still scary. Wow. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's he's a classic. Um, right, we're going to get on to our last section then, uh, and then we'll we'll wrap up. So, crime. Okay, we're going to do this quite quickly because I want to get more to about what we can do then in a role play game with yep. uh, playing characters. So, if you're there's there's obviously organised crime across the Imperium. And this, and this is again the great reason why Necromunda is a wonderful source of information. It's kind of like a role play game, but a skirmish game. 
Uh, you've got the cold trade. So the cold trade is the illegal art. Uh, legal art. It's kind of an art, I guess. Uh, the illegal actions where um, where people are bringing uh, goods from off-world. Uh, so they're bypassing all the normal docks, all the normal checks and balances they have to do. So they're bribing people. They're creating orbital dead drops. They're putting. They're dropping things directly onto a planet in like drop pods, things like that. So there's there's very different ways that you're that people try, try to get past customs on planets. Um, that's quite funny. Uh, I like this one. Uh, the idea of imperial imposters. Uh, so basically, they bought and forged their entire ancestry so that they make out they've got some legitimate claim to, you know, to some land or to some something on some world. Uh, and obviously, that's that's frowned upon. Uh, you can link that in with chaos as well, like yeah. a lot of chaos cults would try and get in through that. Uh, you've got Rogue Factoria, which is where they're using illegal copies or um, or versions or corrupted versions of standard template constructs. So the you know the the computers, the devices that print out the templates that allows them to then make weapons and equipment and so forth. So the these groups are operating not under the sanctions of the Adeptus Mechanicus. Uh, you've got narco lords. I just love that name, narco lords. Uh, they're basically working in illegal, unsanctioned chemical trade and drug trade and stimulant trade. Uh, exactly, this is on the tin. Yeah, uh, and then you've got groups that traffic in rogue psychers. Of course, of course, you know, rogue psyker is a wonderful weapon, especially when you need to assassinate someone. Uh, and thinking machines, because obviously there are some machines out there. There are some proper abominable uh, uh, abominable intelligences out there, and there are people that utilize them in their criminal activities because it gives them the well, edge they try to make them. Well, yeah, and you know, in certain parts of the Underhive or other mm. worlds or other places, there are men of iron still walking around. Yep. <laughs> um, well, yeah. you can hire you can hire a man of iron as a brute into your um into your Necromunda gang. It's great. Comes with a who, who wouldn't want that? It comes with a, it's got like a what I think a four plus save. It has like power fist and a assault cannon. It's like I'll have an assault cannon, please, in in Necromunda. Um, <laughs> I'd, just, I'd just take it because of the power fist, to be honest. Yeah, like uh, I, through walls. Yeah, I just use it as a, as a kind of a meat a walking meat shield with a gun. Anyway, um, so all of the above. Well, well, we'll forget crime. We'll talk about criminals another day. All of the above, of course, you can play as characters yep. in Wrath and Glory because you have got at each tier uh, the ability to play one of these characters. So if we go all the way to the start and we talk about Enforcers. Enforcers, really, I think you're just playing... Um, I think the template you use is the, in, at least in the, before we get the new, new revised book out. The template you're looking at is the scum template because they come from the same background, the same upbringing, the same life, and all you're really doing is giving is making sure that the character is built that it has appropriate training with weapons and has the appropriate Just armor, yeah, yeah. carapace armor, uh, a bolt gun or uh, a shotgun with rounds. I really want to convert. I want really want to put make some quick rules for the suppression carbine. Uh, Ooh, yes, because I believe what it's firing is kind of like sonic rounds, so they kind of like explode and they disorientate. Yeah. So that's enforcers. That's that simple. And you know, I think even within Wrath and Glory, you could make variants of enforcers, like someone that's more of the interrogator type, someone that's more of the like the heavy weapons mm. specialist yeah. who's carrying like the 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 uh the um unsanctioned stubber because you know sometimes you just really need to put that riot down um <laughs> if you look at the tier one stuff you've got you can quite easily put an inquisitorial acolyte or a depth and, and oh, tweak yeah. it slightly hive gangers you could tweak slightly easy enough yeah, well, well, a, a tier one uh, inquisitorial adept you could easily put in as um. To to requisition a patrol to their yeah. 
uh, to their activities. So there's lots of ways you can rebuild all these groups and use them in, in that way. Adeptus Arbites, I, I guess there if you're going to run that, you're going to run like a tier two or a tier three game. Yeah, somewhere between tier two and three. So tier two, you've got your Scions, and they're better than that. But tier three, you've got a Commissar. Yes. You're not quite Commissars. So it's kind of, you need somewhere at the top of tier one or bottom of tier three. So, 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 tier two adept arbite would be your classic um, uh, adept arbite arbitrators. Yeah, because that's your that's your temper scion, and you just change the weapon out from a hell gun to a shotgun or bolt gun. And the death cult assassins are tier two. So, yeah, well, there you go. That makes a lot of sense with what we're seeing with with the scholar uh, progenium. So then, if you want to play a judge of the Adept Sarbites, then you're mostly going to use the Commissar template yeah. and change all the weapons over. And I think that's yeah, the simplest way to do this, right? Yeah, that would work. Um, that's really cool. If you're listening out there at Cubicle 7, we've just solved your issues on how to do Adept Sarbites. <laughs> um, my, you know, when it comes out, I'll, I'll, I'm going to have to talk and just do it as a, I'll do it as a, as a blog post. If they want to make it official after the fact, then fine, whatever. <laughs> this is us just spitballing ideas anyway. Um, so that makes sense. That's really cool. And again, you can do the same thing where you've got like an Inquisitor who's got a Chastener in their team uh, and they're yep. going out to, you know, fight crime uh, in the grimdark far future. Uh, I don't think there's much more to say on that, other than you could mix up then an Adeptus Arbite, uh, Adeptus Arbite's judge or arbitrator could lead a team of enforcers. Even that's more yeah. than more fair. than easy to do. Um, What's the good thing about the way the current book is written is it does allow it gives you a, a template that you can you don't have to take the specific things that are there. You, it allows you to adapt what is there easy enough to to kind of form these ideas so yeah right commissar we need something the same kind of level but more judgy let's turn him into a judge so yeah it's a really nice kind of part of the system that allows you um, to do that you, yeah you could also other than the commissar you could use the uh inquisitional acolyte most probably as a um as a judge because they the inquisitional acolyte uh character template is effectively an interrogator. So yep. I think either of those, Commissar or, or the Acolyte, would be would be perfect for that. Uh, Order Hereticus, uh, we don't really need to say about much about how to use that in the game because that's already well supported with yeah. Inquisitors, Acolytes, yeah. and again, Loads uh, in there. as we've said, you could then have an, uh, a Sister of Battle um, allocated to their team. You could have an Ecclesiarch, a uh, member of the Ecclesiarchy, or, or a member of the Ministorum with them. Uh, you could have... Uh, psychers with them. You could have a sanctioned psycho, yeah. You could have a sanctioned psycho with them. You could have... you know, Again, but that's where you're operating at a very different level. Yeah. But then they would... That's also the thing where they would op- begin to operate un- a lot more undercover because, you know, they are trying to root out heretics and mutants and traitors and yeah. so forth. Um, and that's where you really get into your classic kind of um, Eisenhorn trilogy style type games, yeah. which I have to say, that's generally where I like to, that's my, where I find the 40k universe the most interesting. But the great thing is, is if you've Ravner. Been, yeah, Gideon Ravner, of course, were, were arch bastard. Mm. Um, but the best thing about the, the best thing though about that T about that setup that template is you can switch in and out different characters as you play because you could no one you could have it that no one is playing the Inquisitor everyone is the Inquisitor's um, retinue. retinue yeah and you could swap in and out characters for different for a different story because obviously they go to a different world they may take some of their retinue with them. Killed. And then hire new people in, requisition new people in, or someone is already waiting there because they've got, say, a, a little chapter house there or something. So kind of kind of like the what you can kind of do in Blackstone Fortress. Yes. Where you've got the option to bring in and out the different um members of the, the people who are in invading it. Well not invading it, but investigating the, the fortress. Yeah. So the ability to kind of come in and change stuff. Um 
Commissars, obviously fully supported by the game as it stands. Yep. Uh, you're going to have a you're going to have a uh, a gaming uh, cadre consistent of what a commissar, uh, tempest scion, uh, tempest scions, um, yep. various probably, uh, various astro guardsmen, guardsmen, and again you're going to mix up your guardsmen. Like you could easily, if you really want to play Gaunt's Ghost, you could play Gaunt's Ghost. Like that's, easily. And you're just going to have someone that's a specialist on like with you will be a specialist in weapons. Someone's going to be a medic. Um, Obviously, if you're going to play a commissar, though, you want to be antag- You want to be a little antagonist to the other characters, but you don't. You don't want to be antagonistic to the point that it causes PvP and the game breaks down. That's yeah. pointless. But you want to be, you know, be that that character that's constantly there, reminding them of to do the emperor's bidding type thing. And if anything. Make sure you've got access to all the quotations out of the uh, Imperial Guardsman uplifting primer because you'll want to berate the Guardsman by saying, like, you know, ignorance is a blessing and type those type of sayings, which uh, are hilarious in the 40k universe. Just just follow, um, oh, who is it? The webcomic thing where they just put up those silly things about the guard. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, yeah. there's a lot. There's a lot of fun you can have by playing by doing like criminal investigation games, where you might be investigating a murder, or or then you might be doing riot control, or you might be dealing with with conspiracies that go across uh, sector boundaries. Yeah. and you're and you may never ever see. Any form of Xenos scum, or even, or maybe even, very little sign of uh, you know anything to do with chaos or 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 anything weird like that. Mostly, the weirdest thing you'll come across is mutants and witch hunters. Uh, sorry, and, and witches and uh, and rogue psychers. But that's yes. that's that's fine, and that's actually a huge part of the baseline of the Imperium of what life is like. Yeah, if, if you think about the, the size of the Imperium, most most people won't even have heard of what chaos is or know what it is. So there's millions of worlds with billions of people living on each of those worlds. So the likelihood of you running into a random chaos space marine or random chaos cult as a normal citizen is very, very, very small. Yeah. So um, you're more likely to run into some big brute who's just decided he's not taken a, a liking to you and thrown you off a bridge. Definitely. Um, I think I think that covers that's, everything. That's pretty much everything we've got, I think, for the moment. Yeah. Actually, and I think we, 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 we'll come back and look at the Inquisitors. Yeah. And we've covered, a episode because that's quite deep. And we've covered the different ways of, of how you can build the characters with the rulebook as it stands currently. Yep. And... It's quite obvious the type of stories you would do. You would do procedural investigations with mm-hmm. uh, with combat. Um, and you could then really get into the nuts and bolts of of how in the society in the Imperium operates at different levels. You can get into into crime that mostly involves the Byzantine red tape of the uh, of the of the Imperium um, bureaucracy. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, there's yeah. an entire ordo, uh, de- ordo <laughs> like dedicated to to dealing with that type of crap. Um, but yeah, I think that covers everything and is a, a hopefully hopefully a useful primer to people who are still relatively new to the 40k setting. Uh, yep. But still useful also for people that are thinking, I want to run Wrath and Glory. What type of game could I do? And you could what do we, quite yeah. a lot. Uh, looking at law and order and punishment and and crime and 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 keeping the peace keeping the peace yeah keep the peace in the imperium right with that then done uh people can get in contact with us through various channels they can email us darkdaysradio at gmail.com they can tweet us at darkdaysradio they can go to instagram at darkdaysradio they can go to facebook darkdaysradio they can do they can go to our wordpress where they can see reviews and painted miniatures and and stuff uh, they can then also come all the way over to our discord community and talk to us about various things 
uh, uh, various games, get ideas, or just chat to other fans there. Uh, and mm-hmm. oh, what else can they do? And obviously, get in contact with us if you don't like what we said, or you do like what we said, or you have ideas or topics that you want us to cover. Uh, Otherwise, there are events coming up soon, so I will be at the Swansea Comics and Games Convention. We are getting things locked in to do with uh, UK Games Expo. We will be there in one capacity, if not another. We will get that finalised soon. There are some other event stuff as well in the UK that we are finalising. We will likely be at Dragon Meet, because we believe a date is being locked in for that, and that's obviously at the end of the year. That's ages away. Um, And then uh, Mike will be at PAX East running games with Gehenna Gaming. I believe he's running some stuff like Vampire or uh, and um, Call of Cthulhu. So he's running some horror games at PAX East. And Mike, Chig, and Crystal will be at Gen Con uh, again doing various things. So the great thing about Dark Days Radio is we are global. We are legion. We are everywhere. Uh, and of course, if you're listening to this and you want to know, uh, you know, listen to other things, go back to our previous episodes, go back to some previous Darker Days episodes. You might find some other useful things like that. Uh, David, again, thank you for taking time to go through always- this. Uh, it's always fun to talk about Commissars. <laughs> they're, they're such Happy assholes. Such absolute assholes. Um, Happy murder people. <laughs> And I think for the next one, we're going to try and do we'll do a broad slice episode again because we haven't done one yeah. of those for a while. Um, too in depth, so yeah, I think we need to do a broad slice about. I think we need to do a broad slice about bloody elves. Ugh. Yeah, Ugh. I know. And I think Don't Mike will come on for that one because he likes elves. So it might be it might be us, oh. which will be fun. I do um, have I, I do have elves in Age of Sigmar, but they're kind of falling behind now to other things yeah well we'll talk about elves in the world that was and we'll talk about elves in age of sigma because we're going to need an entire bloody episode to talk about about yeah. eldari they're they're mm. really complicated um yeah. there's a lot of stuff to do uh right so that's everything and cool. uh we'll speak to you again soon so see ya see you later